Welcome to the Hills Church Sermon Podcast. Located in El Dorado Hills, California, it is our mission to help others find and follow Jesus. We hope this message inspires, encourages, and uplifts you today. Thank you, Dave. It is so great to be here with you at Hills Church. I just love the opportunity to come and be with this community. If you're joining us online, thank you so much for being here today. How many of you did the 24 days of Christmas? Seems like we need 24 because last year we didn't get to do the whole thing. So this year we did 24 days. How many of you put Christmas stuff up around Thanksgiving this year? Okay, and how many of you have all your Christmas stuff done? It's packed and it's put away. Yep, exactly. How many of you are going to take your Christmas stuff down the next day or two? Okay, good. How many of you are just sick of Christmas? All right, okay. So, hey, one of the things I said years ago that just felt like it was, was an observation of the human condition is that we experience life in video, but we remember it in snapshots. We have these little snapshots in our mind where we remember an incident, but the incident occurred in the context of something else. And one of the things I've been excited about is just the whole idea of what Christmas communicates about God's presence, the whole idea of Emmanuel. You probably heard that name. I heard that word throughout the Christmas experience, Emmanuel, God with us. That's my favorite word for Christmas. But as I've been thinking about it, I've been wondering, is that just a seasonal thing? Is it kind of like uh, what some people call seasonal affective disorder? You know, you just kind of get uh, disequilibrium at certain seasons. Well, is the presence of God only really, really real at Christmas in Emmanuel? Or is there a way to have the presence of God with us all year long? So Pastor Jonathan, Lindsay, and I have been talking about the reality that uh, God is doing a special thing here at Hills Church. And I'm so excited for what he is doing in you and through you. Uh, I've always believed this church has a special assignment on the 50 corridor. He has placed you here. You know, in retail, they say location, location, location. Well, I believe that your address is not an accident. It's an assignment. And so I think this address is an assignment. It's not an accident. Along the 50 corridor, you have an assignment. And I really believe that God wants you to press into his presence But today what I want to do is I want to equip you to learn about how to experience the presence of God all year long. Not just during the Christmas season in a special measure, but literally all year long. To do that, I'm going to take a deep dive. If you have a Bible, if you have it on your phone, turn to Psalm 139. Psalm 139 is an amazing psalm. It's a uh, psalm of David. David is essentially talking about how he knows God and how God knows him. And I hope this will encourage you today. I'm going to give you four things that will help you with the presence of God throughout the year. How many of you would like to know that God was real every single day? Okay, that would be, be just awesome. In fact, let's just say this. How many of you just be willing to raise your hand if you're at home? You raise your hand as well. I can see you. You raise your hand. Uh, how many of you would say, like, I have felt close to God uh, sometime during a worship service? Have you ever felt that? How many of you have ever like, had a camp or retreat experience where you felt the presence of God? How many of you have maybe in prayer or, or study of the Bible had a moment where there's just something that happened and you, you felt like a, a, some saints have called it a strange warming? How many of you have ever felt the presence of God like that? Okay, so here's what I want to say to you. God is present every single day and he longs to be connected to you. And I think in Psalm 139, we're going to get some keys, four keys about being present with God and intimate with God every day. Let's start. Psalm 139, let's start the first five verses. This is David writing, King David. He says this, you've searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. 
You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand on me. Now, I don't know if you have the ability to take notes where you are, but if you were, just write this down. God knows about us. He knows everything that we do, everything that we say, and he also knows what we think. I believe that should freak you out. I honestly do believe that should freak you out because the truth is, is that your spouse does not know what you think. How many of you are thankful that your spouse does not know what you think? Okay, come on. I mean, let's be real here, right? I mean, seriously, like it's one thing to control your behavior. It's another thing to control your words, and that's super important. But what is it about controlling your thoughts? Like sometimes thoughts just come in your mind and go, oh my goodness. Well, guess what? God knows not only what you do and what you say, he knows what you are thinking. Does that not panic you a little bit? Like if you know anything about God, if there is a God, you know that he's holy and he's perfect. And if he knows what you think, why are you not toast right now? Because be honest, I mean, just there's stuff that goes in my, none of you guys have those thoughts. All of you guys have pure and holy and awesome and amazing thoughts and it never goes sideways. Come on. The truth is, is that we all have these thoughts that come into us. And when they do, if we've learned to guard our mind, we go, okay, wait, 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 no, no, no. I got to get that thought out of my mind. But God knows those thoughts. The psalmist says God knows those thoughts. So God knows about us so we can open up to him. How many of you have ever had a thought and you begin to get, that thought began to develop into a worry and that worry began to develop into a fear, but you didn't want to share that thought, that worry, or that fear with a person close to you because you didn't want to admit that that's what you were thinking or feeling or fearing. What David is saying is, look, God knows all about us. Everything in our world, yes, of course, he knows what we do. He, he doesn't have to review the videotape. He knows what we do. And yes, he hears what we say, but God knows what we think. He knows all about us. So you know how you're fearful sometimes to open up to a spouse or to a friend or to a loved one or to a coworker? You don't ever have to fear opening up to God because he knows all the stuff inside of you. There is not one single thought you've ever thunk. Yes, I'm a college professor. Uh, there's never one thought that you've ever thunk where God didn't say, yep, I know that. You are not hiding anything from him. But you know what you are hiding from him? You're hiding from him the disclosure that you know that he knows what you think, say, and do. So if you want to experience the presence of God, let's just get real to that place where you say, God, I'm just going to confess to you all the stuff that's in my mind, my heart, my hands, my feet. I'm going to open up to you. God knows you so you can open up to him. Brother Lawrence, uh, he was a saint in the 1700s. He said that when followers of Jesus uh, wanted to sense his intimacy, this is what he said. He said, at any moment and in any circumstance, the soul that seeks God may find him and practice the presence of God. Some of us in this room go like, oh, okay, I wanted to start 2022, right? So I'm gonna to come to church, and that's awesome. I celebrate that. There's a special sort of a gift, a special kind of encouragement when we gather together as the people of God. I'm 100% for that. But can I tell you this? Wherever you are, God is present there. 
So you never have to go like, oh, I don't know if I can open up to God until I go to the church, until I go to the special room, until I go to the special time. No, actually, you can open up to God any moment of the day. As long as you want to, you can experience the presence of God. That will help you so much because as you go through this next year, whatever's going to come, the high highs or the low lows or the mid mids, whatever happens, God is with you. He is not absent. He is present and he is with you and he knows you so you can open up to him. The psalmist goes on and says this in verses six through 12. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Now, I know sometimes in the Bible it speaks in ways that we don't. So if I were to translate, it would go like this. Knowing this freaks me out. That's maybe a little bit more modern, but it says such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Let me stop right there. I just told you that God's everywhere you are, right? Have you ever had a time in your life where you wanted to get away from God? Ever had a time in your life like, okay, we're just going to call time out here. I want God to be over there and I'm going to go do my thing. And what the psalmist is saying here is, where can I go to get away from God? Listen to this. He said, if I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, I settle on the far side of the sea. Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as the light to you. If you're taking notes, write this down. God is with us everywhere we go. He's with us everywhere we go. A poet once described God as the hound of heaven. We say sort of flippantly, yes, when Jesus was on the cross, I was on his mind. Can I tell you this? You are on the mind of Jesus every day. Jesus so loves you. He is so longing to pursue you, to be with you. He doesn't want you to come for your hour connection only on Sunday. He wants to literally be with you every moment of the day. The fact is, is that God is with us everywhere we go, and we have to make a decision. And, and my encouragement is this, is that since he's with you, you could surrender to him. Let me give you my illustration for this. Many years ago, I was in my early 20s. I was just starting out in ministry, and uh, I had this friend. He was a big, huge guy, like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six. and he was a great barbecuer, and he taught me actually how to barbecue tri-tip. It was awesome. I didn't know anything about barbecue, and I was late teens, early 20s. We were early married, and, and we ended up uh, getting a barbecue, and he taught me how to barbecue tri-tip. It was awesome. 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, but he was also a police officer. And as a police officer, um, we would often get together and we would have breakfast. And, and I always noticed that when I went to have breakfast or lunch with him, his name is John, when I went to have breakfast or lunch with John, he would always sit so that he was facing the entrance and the exit. He was always having watchful eyes as to who was coming in and who was leaving and all that. And I finally said to him, hey, John, what's the deal? And he said, oh, well, just, you know, that's part of my law enforcement training. We always watch the entrance and exits. We always have to be vigilant and all that. And so not only with John, but with others, I started uh, doing that. I started like saying, okay, I got to sit where I can see the entrance and the exit. I got to be mindful of what's going on around me. And my wife knows we've been married 40 years. And by the way, she's here. Say hi, Pam. There's Pam right there. Okay. So, woo. And there's Josh right next to her. That's our oldest son and Pam's bodyguard. Okay. That's good. Um, so, so Pam knows when we go to a restaurant, she just automatically looks for the seat that is most able to see the entrances and the exits. Now, I want to say this. 
I always choose the seat where I can see the entrances and the exits because I kind of learned that in my early 20s with the law enforcement guys I hung out with. But beyond that, this is what happens. The only time I don't sit in that seat is when I'm with another dude. Sorry, I know that's a little sexist, but another dude who's big enough that if he sits there, I know I'm still safe. I never went anywhere with, with John. He was about six, five, six. I never went anywhere with John where I didn't feel safe. Because like if anything happened, John was going to take care of it. I would just sweep up the place after he was done. Here's the deal. God is with you wherever you go. So if you want to experience the presence of God, you want to experience the peace of God, you want to know that, that he is intimate with you every day, then know that he's with you. So surrender to him. Surrender to his presence. You ever wonder when you're driving if God's in the car? He is. You ever wonder when you're doing the lawn or the laundry or you're dropping the kids off at school or you're fixing a meal or you're taking out the trash? If God is with you, he is. Now, on the one hand, that's a little scary. Like, oh, I just sometimes I just want space from God. But I'll tell you this, you will never be able to go anywhere where God is not present with you. That is an amazing revelation, an amazing understanding. Your 2022 will have no moments where God is not coming for you because he loves you. He will always pursue you. Psalm 139, verse 13 and 16 says this, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. If you're taking notes, write this down. God understands everything about who we are. Now, if you're a psychologist or counselor, you may get offended in the next couple minutes. Please don't be offended. But I, I worry that sometimes we spend so much energy in our lives saying, I got to build a good self-image. If I build a really good self-image, that's the foundation upon which I can handle anything in life. And can I tell you, a good self-image is a great thing but it's not the best thing. You know what the best thing is? It's not a good self-image. A good self-image is a good thing. But the best thing is to have a right God image of you. You don't need a good self-image. You need a God image of yourself. Because see, you see all your stuff, you think. A lot of it's hidden to yourself, but you think you see your stuff, and you're just working really hard to hide the rest of that stuff from everybody else, right? And you know that one of the best definitions of marriage is marriage is two selves jockeying for turf. And you know that in marriage and in relationship and at work and every other place, what you're doing is that you're taking yourself and you're trying to put your best self out there and you're trying to keep hidden all that stuff about you that nobody else really knows, right? And the, and the key that some people think, and again, I don't mean to offend counselors, psychologists, I love them, they're important key to our life, but the best thing in life is not to have a good self-image. A good self-image will only do your best to get your stuff under control. You don't need a good self-image, you need a good God image of yourself. 
If you will grab hold of that, if you will understand that he knows all about you, and here's the freaky thing, he not only knows all about you, he loves you. If God could know everything I think and still love me, that's amazing. Well, he knows all the stuff about me, and he loves me. Some of you have had little babies in the last year. A baby born during a pandemic is an interesting thing, isn't it? Like we're all kind of a little freaked out, all having a little disequilibrium in life. We're all trying to navigate all the stuff of life. And yet babies have been born, right? And when you have a baby and you look at that baby, you go like, oh my goodness, this baby is a miracle. My wife and I were privileged to have five children. My wife was like superwoman, supermom, all of that. And I think I was a pretty good dad. But here's to be the honest truth. As I remember it, when we had little tiny babies, I was good basically for transportation and some cleanup, okay? Transportation and cleanup is what I did with little babies. I don't have a lot of amazing memories of like, oh, I was an awesome dad when there were little tiny babies. But I wanna say this to you right now, and I say this with a measure of pride. I have four grandchildren, three granddaughters and one grandson, one grandson who's just over five months old, and I am a really good papa to those children, especially when they were little babies. The thing that I love about little babies is they're miracles, and you can put them on your chest, and they hear your heartbeat. Just give me a moment. They hear your heartbeat. Oh, it's just so awesome. My grandchildren are perfect. I don't know about yours. My grandchildren are perfect. And I love them no matter what. But the love that I have for my children and grandchildren is infinitesimally small. It's a thimble of water in the face of the ocean of God's love. God loves you and he knows all about you. So you can trust him. You can trust God, you can trust God. I think some of us have learned to fear God. And there's part of fearing God that's a good thing, recognizing that God's God and we're not. Recognizing that God is sovereign over the universe, recognizing that Jesus was God come in the flesh and that he died on the cross for our sins and that's how we have forgiveness and freedom and hope. Yes, that's awesome to fear in that sense of way, reverent awe. But some of us are so fearful that God will find out about our stuff that we keep distant from God because if God really knew all about us, then there's no way he would love us. And can I tell you that the psalmist says that is baloney. The psalmist said, when I was in my mother's womb, you knew me. When my parts were being formed together, you knew me. In my adult life, In my childhood, in my adolescence, in my young adult life, in my senior adult years, he knows all about you. And maybe through the years, you've gotten even better and better and better at hiding your stuff from people. But I want you to know this. God knows it all. He knows every bit of it, and he loves you so you can trust him. Richard Foster, who wrote the famous book, Celebration of Discipline, said this. The contrast between God's way of doing things And our way is never more acute than this area of human change and transformation. We focus on specific actions, but God focuses on us. 
We work from the outside in. God works from the inside out. We try and God transforms. So part of this whole thing of experiencing the presence of God is surrendering to who he really is and surrendering to who he says you are. He knows all about you and loves you. Last part of Psalm 139 is this. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Again, if you write this down, God is ready to walk with you. Maybe when you came to church today, you didn't know what would happen. How many people will be here? What will be the music quality? Pastor Jonathan's gone. Is the teaching going to be tolerable? Don't answer that. But maybe you also wonder, I wonder if God's going to be at church today. Can I just make you a promise? You will never come to Hills Church and not experience the presence of the Lord. As it said on the screen at the very beginning, this is a Jesus church. Jesus established this church. I, I, I know the founding pastor, and most of you do. I know Jonathan, you do. They're not the ultimate leaders of this church. Jesus is. And Jesus says by the authority of his word that when he comes, that when we come together, he is present there. So you don't have to think about like in 2022, I wonder if God will walk with me. God is ready to walk with you. He's ready right now. He longs to be with you every moment of the day. So you have to decide to walk with him. I want to just say a quick word to you about enemies. The first part of this section starts off and it just says that God has adversaries. And I want you to know this, that there's an adversary of your soul. If you say in 2022, I want to walk with Jesus, I want to be present with him every day, I want to make that decision, I want to walk with him, and if you make that decision, let me say this to you, you need to know this, you will be swimming upstream. You will be walking up an incline because the force of pressure in our culture, the force of pressure in our lives spiritually are oppositional to walking with God. Jesus said this in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. How many of you know that there's an enemy of your soul? He longs to take you off track. In fact, by the way, he doesn't have to totally shipwreck you. He just needs to take you off track five or 10 degrees. If he takes you off track five or 10 degrees, then what will happen is that further and further away, you will slip from your intimacy with God. You will no longer sense that he is present, but you'll sense that he's distant. And guess what? He didn't move. The reality is, is this, is that God longs to know you to love you, to walk with you down the roads of life. I, I have no way to know what 2022 will bring, but I do want to make a couple promises to you. Number one, I want you to know that Jesus will be with you each and every day, that Jesus longs to love you and care for you and, and that you to grow close to him, and he knows all about you, and yet he's still pressing into you. You've had a friend. 
Maybe you've had a spouse. You've had a family member who found out stuff about you and walked away from you. You've experienced that. But guess what? There's one who loves you. He's the lover of your soul. He's the hound of heaven. He's the pursuer of your spirit. He longs to be connected with you. This Psalm of David tells us some things. I just want to repeat those four cornerstones again so you can hear them now. God knows us so we can open up to him. He knows what you do. He knows what you say. And he knows what you think. And he loves you. Number two, God is with us so we can surrender to him. Just like my friend John, 6566, and I never had a worry when I was with John. I promise you, when God is with you, you can surrender to him and have no fear. Number three, God understands everything about us so we can trust him. He knows how we've been made. And then God is ready to walk with you, so we have to make a decision to walk with him. Many years ago, a friend of mine, Margaret Feinberg, wrote a book, and she had a great way of describing it. Margaret kind of has a wonder of uh, the world we live in. She wrote a book called Wonderstruck. This is what she said. God's not merely at your fingertips, but within your grasp. Live each day like a child, digging through an antique treasure chest, rifling for the next discovery. Open your arms and your eyes to the God who stands in plain sight and works miracles in your midst. Look for him in your work days and your weekends, in your meeting-filled Mondays and in your lazy Saturdays. Search for him in the snowy sunsets and the Sabbaths, the seasons of Lent and sitting at your table. Pray for and expect wonder. For when you search for God, you will discover him. You may not know this, but in the book of Romans, it says the following things. No man seeks after God. You may believe that you're seeking after God, but here's the truth. God is pressing in. He's pressing in. He's pressing in. God is actually the one searching for you. And all he waits for is you to turn. The story of the prodigal son has always fascinated me. I want to be like the father. I really do. I want to be like the father. To be honest, there have been many times in my life where I haven't been like the father. I've been like the elder son. The elder son who can't rejoice in all the stuff going on. The elder son who can't rejoice in the recovery. But what's always fascinating me about that story is that the father doesn't go physically haul the young rebellious prodigal out of the pig pen. He doesn't go and sort of fix everything and get him. What's fascinating to me is that the father doesn't do that. But what the father does is he waits. And he's always looking. And the second, the second he sees the prodigal come walking towards home. He runs to him. And he throws his arms around his neck and he kisses him and he hugs him. And he puts a special robe on him and he tells him to kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. The son that was dead is now alive again. You want to walk with God all day long? You want to walk with God all year long? You want to experience God in powerful ways? You want Jesus to be real to you? Turn to him. Get in his word. This church this year is going to do something that will rock your world. Every day with God in his word. You get in a connection with three, four, five, six people that you can know and be known and just be real. And you will experience the presence and power of God every day. 
I turned 60 this year. I'm still kicking. And as I turned 60, I started thinking about life a lot more and started thinking about all the complicated stuff in our world, especially in the COVID world. And the more I keep thinking about complicated stuff and universities and churches and all that, the more I keep thinking about how simple I really believe life ultimately is. So I just want to close with this. God wants to be with you every single day. He longs for you. All you have to do is turn to him. And the older I've gotten, the more simpler it is. Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Would you close your eyes so I can pray over you? Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, take our friends here at Hills Church. Pour out your blessing, your favor, your goodness, your kindness upon them. Spirit of the living God, thank you for the women and men in this place. Thank you for those who are watching while streaming. Thank you, Jesus, for those who are part of this community. Spirit of the living God, I pray that this year, like no other, would be so full of your presence that we'd literally not have a day pass where we're not aware of you, that you're speaking to us in prayer, you're speaking to us in your word, you're speaking to us in our connection with others, you're speaking to us in our job, you're speaking to us at work, you're speaking to us when we're at home, you're speaking to us when we're at play. Jesus, all day, every day, may 2022 be full of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Draw us close to you, Jesus. We ask these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. Not only did you make a great decision to come to church today and be part of a community of believers gathering and assembling for worship where Jesus promises his presence, but you also came today and we, as you came in, you received the communion elements. There may be no more greater moment of intimacy than to recognize with the bread and the cup how much God loves us. God loves us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross. When you take these two elements, I wanna describe what they mean for you and then pray over the elements. And then we're gonna give you a moment to just reflect. The bread symbolizes the body of Christ. He had been beaten, battered and bruised, and yet when he hung on that cross, some of his final words were, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. When you take the wafer today, what you're doing is symbolizing the body of Christ, the body that was willingly given for you. And in any instant, Jesus could have come off the cross. He could have decimated everybody around the cross, and he could have literally fled from that entire situation. But instead, he yielded and surrendered to that. When you take the cup, the cup symbolizes the shed blood of Jesus. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. So when Jesus Christ was on that cross and when he shed his blood, what was happening is he was covering the sins of the whole world. And that's awesome. But most importantly for you today and for me, he was shedding his blood to cover my sin. The Bible says that when we look to Jesus, and we receive his sacrifice upon the cross, the giving of his body and the shedding of his blood, that we literally can receive not only forgiveness of sins, but eternal salvation. 
that we can be reunited to God as it was meant to be. My prayer for you is that as you receive the bread and the cup, that you do so knowing that Jesus loves you. This you know, for the Bible tells you so. Would you pray with me? Spirit of living God, as we partake in these elements, I ask that in this moment of silence, that these elements, the bread and the cup, would be consecrated. Lord, as we take this bread, we recognize your body which was given for us. As we take this cup, we recognize your blood that was shed for us. And now, Spirit of the living God, consecrate these elements as we receive communion. You may now receive communion. Just a moment of silence. Thank you for listening to the Hills Church Sermon Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you haven't already, give us a rating so we know how this has impacted your journey with God. To learn more about us, visit our website at hills.church. We'll see you next time.